Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com here with Ring of Honors, Josh Woods, right up Fightful's alley. We cover MMA and pro wrestling. We got a guy who's got a little bit of experience in both, to say the least. Josh, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mentioned off the top of the show, you you got that MMA background, and that's not all you've got. You've got this Ring of Honor, pure tourney. Did your MMA background play to your advantage in this at all i mean when people think pure wrestling i think they think a certain style this is more of a rule set but have you had to lean on any of your experience or is this unique to almost everything uh i definitely think having uh, a a very different uh arsenal helps me i mean it doesn't hurt me ever uh you know so i can use the rules a little bit to my advantage you know if i can lock in a couple good submissions and there the rope breaks go you know, so then uh, if I do throw in that last submission, there's nowhere to go. I mean, there it does play a big factor in it. You know, the rules, I think, are really awesome. It really makes it a little more sporting as opposed to kind of like a free-for-all. And and uh, I enjoy it a lot, man. I'm glad that I have, like, the, the background to kind of excel a little bit in it. Whereas, you know, guys who are a little more showy and stuff may not do as well or know how to handle a little more technical wrestling. A reminder, guys, you can check that out. Check your local listings, or you can go to Honor Club, Ring of Honor's Honor Club. Uh, they post the shows there each week. You can always catch it, no matter where you are in the world. You mentioned that technical style. Considering that you come from a legitimate background, are there ever things that you see that are tough to adjust to, even if you've done them a hundred times? Like, like for for example, like if somebody throws on a chin lock, doesn't block off a hip or something like that, is it like in your nature to be like, well, I'm going to turn into this and dump somebody on their head? Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, you know people get uh, they. Ooh, how do I how do I word this? Uh, Bury people. Uh, yeah, some <laughs> people just kind of like don't have like something really proper in, or they haven't secured a hold, or you know they they advance position 
they advance a submission before position, you know, that's like a big jujitsu thing. Yeah. So, you know, like there's, it's not as tight or as secure. So it gives a little wiggle room. It happens a lot more than like, I'd like to admit. I mean, it happens to me too, you know, cause you know, we, we are working together and I'm not trying to really kill anybody, but I'm also really trying to make the things I'm doing look good. So I want to make sure I'm safe. How was that adjustment for you? Because obviously like pro wrestling, Striking is a lot different. You show your strikes. You telegraph them a little bit more, whereas when you're training for MMA, you don't want to telegraph anything. You, yeah. you don't want anybody to know what's coming. Yeah, um, well, when I first started out, uh, I definitely was a little stiff and a little snug. Uh, I apologize for people that helped train with me. But uh, it, took a, it took a little while to kind of break the habit, you know, to make things a lot bigger and more, more um, showy. The presentation is really what, what what makes the difference and had a lot of really good coaches kind of helping with that you know billy gunn adam pierce norman smiley so those guys really made the difference from um transitioning from like a, a, a traditional mma and you know amateur wrestling background into professional wrestling yeah i think that a lot of people might not draw that comparison but i think that norman smiley is actually a a pretty fair comparison to you a guy who is technically refined can can like actually go but has a very bright vivid personality as we've seen on ring of honor tv like what are some of the things that maybe that stand out that he or one of those other guys taught you that maybe made that light bulb go off i spent a lot of time with norman when i was in nxt and and that was just that was just like a, a like a blessing man because you know like like you said our styles are very similar so kind of learning how to, uh, you know, put things together and like transition a little more smoothly. And, and, uh, I think to really present what I, what I have this vision for myself and how to present that in a way people can understand. Uh, so Norman really put a great spotlight on that when we were training and, you know, guys like Adam are phenomenal, man. And, 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 uh, spending a lot of time with him just really kind of helped like the, the other, the other stuff, you know, like the, the more gritty things that, you know, you, you kind of need in your back pocket and, and, you know, learning about the sport in general. And then of course, you know, you got like guys like Billy Gunn, man, that's like one of the best character workers in the business. And just even being able to like sit under that learning tree, you know, you learn like from all aspects and you know, plus, you know, his tag experience and, and just sitting under that learning tree is unreal. And we, we spoke a bit about about your experience. Uh, I think it was Kurt Angle that had mentioned one time he spent so many years <laughs> training to not have his shoulders on the back of the mat. It felt like it felt unusual uh, to to yeah. get in there and allow somebody to do that. How was that for you? Was that was that something that you had to mentally adjust to, or did it come naturally? Uh, well, you know. I started uh, amateur wrestling in 2000. I think I made the, the the transition in 2011 to starting MMA. So uh, that was kind of difficult because, you know, jiu-jitsu and stuff, you are on your back and you kind of play on in that position specifically. And it was very weird at first. Um, you know, it's like, oh, man, it doesn't feel right because I was actively still wrestling in college and then trying to do MMA and stuff. So sometimes, like, I would get things confused a little bit in training and whatnot. But, you know, as far as making the switch over, uh, it it was a little smoother just just because I'm mean, I was used to it from uh, the BJJ stuff and 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 my mixed martial arts experience so it wasn't too bad of a transition but like of the course there are positions I think like man I would never be in this position if this were like a real match or like in a cage 
And you mentioned your time in NXT. Uh, that came to an end, and you got right back out there, it seemed like. Because I remember you were you were doing some stuff, I think, at the Monster Factory, if I remember right. Uh, and you did some stuff with Ring of Honor shortly after that. There are so many people that when they leave the Performance Center, they never wrestle a match again. Was that ever in your head, or did you know immediately, I'm getting right back out there and doing this? Uh there are a couple of things going through my mind at that point, you know, and, and obviously the emotion of, of being released is never, never positive. It, it always kind of stings a little bit. Uh, you know, my first initial thought was maybe go back to MMA and stuff. Cause you know, that's why I, I really love to compete and uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, building a certain skill set. But the other part of me was like, man, I've been out of it for a long time and I'm probably pretty rusty. But, you know, wrestling was, like, really, really new and exciting to me. So I really wanted to stick with it, especially because I had devoted, you know, a, a very lengthy uh, portion of my career just trying to learn a new skill set. So I didn't really want to abandon that. You know, because it's different when you're in the PC, like, when, as opposed to, like, if you're on the Indies, you know, you train maybe. This is just me speaking as from experience and hearing other people. I can't say everyone trains like this. But, you know, some guys on the Indies can train only once or twice a week. You know, three times is like a phenomenal, but most, most people don't do that. They, you know, they'll go for the one or they'll just make it to a certain point and they'll only do shows. But like, man, when you're there, you're training every day. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, that puts, uh, you know, someone who's been arm wrestling for like five years, you know, once a week as opposed to two years every day. I think that makes a big difference in, in skill sets. So you found yourself in Ring of Honor, I would say, Pretty pretty quickly, uh, within a year yeah. of leaving uh, NXT, how how did that come about? Who reached out to you? Who made that happen? Uh, well, I was at Danny. I was at a Danny Cage's place at Monster Factory, and uh, LSG was was there for a camp, and um, I got hooked up with Danny from Steve Cutler, and uh, so you know I, I've been in contact with Danny, and I was up there, and Bob Evans was there. And he just saw me working with the uh, LSG. He's like, "Hey, man, you should you should reach out to Ring of Honor. There's a camp coming up in a month. Um, I'll talk to them for you. And then you know you got to just you know perform at the tryout camp. So a month later, I went to the tryout camp on, like on my own dime too, man. Like I think a lot of people don't want to like pay to commit, or they think they think like you know um, like camps are like a scam, right? Like you kind of hear like, oh, they just want money and stuff, like." I mean, that's not true, man. Like, I got signed because I was there, and I, I, I did really well. Brian Malonis was at the same camp as me, and he's here now. And, you know, so I think there's, like, something to putting yourself out there, and it'll pay off. Were you signed? Like, how far after that were you signed? How Like, did you work for a while without a deal, and then finally it was offered to you? How did that work? So I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember this timeline, so give or take a month. But I think the tryout camp was in October – they came to Lakeland, which is like 40, Lakeland, Florida, which is about 45 minutes from me, maybe like a month or two later. And I went to the show and, um, you know, I helped set up ring uh, and then they, I got a dark match and uh, I didn't shit the bed. <laughs> I, did, I did all right. I did all right. Uh, sorry, language, my bad. No, that's, um, you're good. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, after that, they kind of stayed in contact with me a little bit. And they're like, hey, we're going to do this top prospect tournament. We want to bring you in. And then and I kind of started shortly thereafter. I think like January or February was the first round. So it was a relatively quick turnaround. And then I got the official contract in May. 
2017. Do you want to bury Danny Cage at all? I I, I like doing that. He he's a what? friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, why why not? Why why not? Uh, oh, man. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I hear a lot of stuff about Danny, and you know, I've never really had a negative experience with him. Uh, you know, he's kind of like he's very old school, man. And like I he was, is. I was coaching. I was coaching a very different way uh, than a lot of people are now, and I think. Uh, how do I say this? I think like a lot of people are kind of soft now. Yeah. You know, they're just not, they're used to being coddled and babied and Danny doesn't really do that. That is not Danny uh, Cage. <laughs> yeah. And some people, some people just can't deal with that, man. Like when I was at the PC and DeMott is a, he's an old school guy. And I, I loved how, how, how Bill was coaching. And I learned a lot from him while I was there with him. And, and I think, uh, people just kind of got toughened up a little bit. What did you think about the transition from DeMott to, uh, to bloom because you were you were there then right yep because i I remember i was actually in columbus that weekend when they made the change because nxt was doing a bunch of shows there for the arnold sports festival and they had to like abruptly make the change like maybe 12 hours before i think it was public tryouts uh that they did there like as as a show but you were there through that transition uh i mean you know for me, like it was a little, it was a little weird because I just learned, like I just started wrestling, you know. So like Demont was my coach, so and there's there's kind of that bond between athlete and, and coach, and and of course like Matt was a coach there as well. But you know, I spent more time with Bill when I first started than I did with Matt. You know, Matt's a great coach, man. He's, he's a really personable guy. Uh, I mean, I can't I can't say enough good things about him. He's 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 in a, an amazing role right now, and it's obviously thriving. It's working. So I mean, the transition wasn't really bad, man. I just you know. It's, Oh, mom left. Now, now here's dad. You know, it's just, it's just, you're just getting, you're getting something else, and it's, it's still equally as good. Do you still regularly train MMA, or are you more focused on pro wrestling because that's where your bread is buttered now? Uh, so I spent, oh man, so I spent a lot more time during quarantine, like you know, when, when we had this hiatus, doing a little bit more MMA stuff because that was just what was available to me. I like, I mean, I like to train, man. I like to kind of keep everything fresh and learn new things and. And uh, you know, I'll roll around with some of my buddies that have fights coming up and work with those guys. But uh, I think like actively competing, I'm probably not going to ever do that again. So I, this might sound ridiculous to you, but I, I've always wondered when when you're at the PC or you're in Ring of Honor, there are other people with real wrestling experience, real MMA experience. I know you worked. Uh, I think it was the now known as Razar from Authors of Pain, and I mean he was a legit MMA prospect when he just said, ah, you know what? I think I'll try pro wrestling. Like, is that something that you would ever do there? Would you ever try to get in some, some MMA? This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Training with any of those guys? Because I know Seth Petrozelli, who you know really well, was there teaching people too. Yeah, yeah, Seth's my boy. Um, I love Seth. Yeah, Seth's like one of my best friends, man. And, um, you know, they're... It's kind of weird, man. Like, I know the schedule is so different now at the PC than when I was there. But, you know, some guys, like, don't want to train anymore. Like, they, you know, we were there for so long in the day. You know, sure. you want to go home and relax and stuff. And, 
you know, we had opportunities to kind of roll around in the ring and stuff. And, and like, I got to roll with guys like Tucker Knight and like Gable and JJ and, uh, you know, roll like, uh, I didn't get to roll with Rezar at all. Just, we just never really did it, but yeah, he's a big cat. He's very <laughs> big. So, so yeah, man, we all kind of goof around all, all the shooters kind of, you know, gravitate towards each other and, you know, we kind of goof and like, oh, who would win between the, it's like, I don't know, man. And so, so that, that always happens. I just love the thought of that. Just love the idea of that. Cause I mean, I, you watch guys like yourself or Gable or anybody like that, just chain wrestle. And you're like, yeah, you, you can tell how much training went into that. You can tell how so much of that is second nature and things that you knew before you even got here that, that lended to the experience that you have now. And the experience that you have now is being in ring of honor for gosh, I think three and a half years, right? How has how has Ring of Honor changed in your time there since you walked in that door? Oof. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Very good one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, a big thing is the locker room, and the locker room I feel uh, has gotten a little stronger as far as more camaraderie and and uh, people kind of looking out for each other. Uh, prior to you know the past maybe seven eight months. There's a kind of a, a lot of clicks, a lot of a lot of guys kind of um, clicking up, and it was it was very segregated. You know, there's these guys over here, those guys over there, everybody else over here. But I think just as of late, it's been really awesome uh, having like the the bond that we all have. Um, office has always been, you know, they're the office man, you know, a bit. They're always, you know doing the stuff that they need to do and they're pretty good about keeping in, in touch with us with what we need and so like that hasn't really changed it's always been pretty fluid uh for the most part but you, know, you gotta take the good with the bad right so one of the things that i've talked on the record with probably four or five roh wrestlers about it's something that is i've, I've at least reported on it several times Ring of Honor brought like all of you in for a meeting and said, what do you want us to do? How can we improve? Uh, what did that say to you as a performer in Ring of Honor that they were willing to do that? Oh, yeah, we did. We did that uh, about a year ago, maybe, I think. Uh, you know, I think stuff like that is pretty important, you know, because if you have the same kind of brain running the operation, right? Uh, if, you, if you're constantly doing the same thing and you're getting like minimal or the same results, we have to mix things up. And you know we have a we have a very large uh, collective group of individuals who have ideas and and who are have been in the business for a long time or just come from other places and they like experience from there. So being able to kind of you know have a free free form to say hey you know what about this? We ended up putting like ah oh, man they wrote it on the wall. Uh, I think it was over like 75, almost a hundred like things that just ideas or things that could be improved upon or just uh, ideas in general. And it was pretty cool to have that kind of even footing with the office guys and just be able to speak freely and uh, kind of just voice our, our opinions. And I, great. I heard that like the majority of those things were implemented or at least the wheels were in motion to implement those things. Yeah, there were a lot of things that were said that, you know, we started to notice almost immediately. And, and uh, you know, obviously COVID, you know, kind of threw a lot of things off track. But I think we were about to do something like really incredible and, and very, very new to put us on the forefront of uh, wrestling. And hopefully things go back to normal and that's still going to happen. 
another maybe not interesting interesting to me topic that was kind of polarizing i don't know if it came out of that meeting but i remember last year i had ring of honor wrestlers some of them loved it some of it hated it when they switched to the white ring mat where are your stances on white ring mats oh uh, yeah it's like a weird it's like a light gray it's like oh man i like the classic the you know, the black and red i think that's really cool um i, I know i hate to like even like say it's like NXT and like WWE have you know different things for different events, and I think that's cool to kind of mix things up a little bit. It makes makes the presentation stand out a little bit. So uh, maybe on like special events, or you know, we would have a different color ring, you know, because there's so much black in in the yes and the robes and the everything else and I buckles, think, like, the, barricades, the, floor mats. It's all black. Yeah, you know, so, so having like the difference would be, I think it, it just adds to the quality of the show. But you know, we have we. I don't know, like if you guys have noticed the production value with the, just the pure stuff oh, alone, yeah. like things have been, they look incredible, you know. So it's just it's just a matter of time before, like some like things get changed like that. I think uh, I think if we could go back to maybe a more classic look here and there, just adds a little more prestige to certain events, you know, like Final Battle coming up. Man, if we had, you know, just an old that old school Ring of Honor canvas for that would be so sweet, and I think it would it could probably just bring a little a little bit more life to it. Yeah, and I mean, most wrestlers these days are, are working in black ring gear, too. So, I mean, that I, I think that the contrast is kind of nice. And the revamp from even the production, my God, it looks so much better for the Pure Tournament. Like, yeah. different angles, everything looked smoother. It, you could tell there was a concentrated effort there. Yeah, I mean, the production does a great job, man. I mean, you know... If you talk to any of the boys that are, you know, the, the talent guys specifically, it's like, oh, man, we had such a long day. But no, we really did, you know, man. Like, we were six, seven, eight hours. It's really not that bad. But in the production guys then, they're there, like, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours, man. Those guys are killing it and just to make sure we have, you know, the right lighting, music, and everything. Those guys are slaying it. And, uh, and it shows, man. Like, it's, everything looks, looks great. So thus far, we've not got to see you team with uh, Silas since since the the reboot, obviously for obvious reasons. Do you see that continuing? Two guys, one tag. Uh, two guys, one tag forever, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, you know the pure thing was you know happened, and and we're doing some taping and stuff now as we speak. Uh, and so I don't think there's any plans for us to not be a team together. Nice. Uh, I know Silas loves me too much to leave, so. <laughs> Uh, it's <laughs> Silas and Joshy all day, baby. Every time I interview him, we play manly or not manly, and I give him probably about ten topics, and he tells me whether or not they're manly. Uh, I need to desperately need to do a new one with him because I think there's a lot of things in this pandemic world that he could kind of chime in on. Yeah, Silas is definitely epitomizes the manly persona. That's for sure. So before we went on the air, you mentioned you're going to play some PlayStation. You're in the bubble right now. What are you playing? Man, I, I brought I brought the PlayStation. You know, all my boys play Call of Duty. You know, so I'm like, yeah, man, I'll get to just play with the boys. You know, while I'm while I'm not doing anything. But the Wi-Fi here is so terrible, I can't even connect. <laughs> so I can't even play live. But, That's why uh, Ring of Honor told I'm, me we couldn't do Zoom was because of the Wi-Fi being so bad. Dude, it's so bad, man. Like I'm sitting by the window right now just to make sure this phone call doesn't drop. Uh, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, Tsushima, but that's pretty dope. I'm a big like God of War style play, and it's it's not bad; it's comparable. So when the PS5 drops, I'm gonna be crushing that. 
So were you much or are you much into wrestling or MMA games? I know a lot of people that like when, when they reach the heights, they're, they're not they're Like once they're out of the ring, they're like, you know what? I'm not going to bother playing that right now. I get enough of that when I'm in the ring, but were you growing up? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, I didn't really play too many. I can't even think. I know I had like one or two games growing up, but uh, I was never really kind of big into sports games. There's someone on this. I mean, granted, like Call of Duty is the same thing every sure. year, but like the live, the live play is different, man. Like when you're playing against someone live, it's very different because you know the game map might be the same, but everybody's going to react different, or you know. So that's like what keeps it interesting. I'm not a big fan of the sports games because as they evolve, they try to do so much stuff with them. It's like, man, I just want to punch and kick. I don't want to have yeah. to input like 38 buttons to do something. Like, I'm a big Tekken fan, dude. Like, I love, love Tekken. Tekken. They're always, dude, when they had Tekken tag and then the bowling part, it was so fun. I love Tekken. My That's wife good. cheats and picks like Eddie Gordo and just button mashes, though. Oh, God, dude. It's oh, dude. Trash. Not fair. It's not fair. And when I play UFC yeah. games, I play stand and bang mode. As much as I, I, mean, I came from a catch wrestling background, I love grappling. But when I'm playing that video game, I want to punch somebody in the head. I want to kick them in the face. Yeah, man. Yeah, if you want to get that knockout. Yeah, so so I really dig that. Uh, so as we... Who's, we, Who's your favorite fighter? My favorite fight. I don't Ever. know if I have a favorite fighter, so to speak. Because I cover Ever. it, I feel like I'd be biased in, in that sense. So, so someone from the past and someone current. Well, someone from the past, I can tell you that every single time Anderson Silva fought, even if I had been out of the gym for two months, I was like... I would watch him kill somebody, and I'd be like, I'm going to train tomorrow, immediately. Yeah, Anderson Silva's a beast. He's a beast. And uh, like today, I, I actually love watching Curtis Blades fight, because I love his style of wrestling. Like it, it, He just mauls people, uh, so I like that. And it's also it's hard to not like watching Francis Ngannou fight, especially since he had that little skid, and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to throwing my fists at people's faces, and they're not going to stay awake as a result. <laughs> It's oh, like yeah. he was like, you know, we're not going to worry about that second or third round thing. That's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm yeah, partial no. to watching them. All right. All right. I see you. I see you. Who you got? Who are, who are your favorites to watch? Oh, uh, man, dude. Back when, like, Pride and stuff was, like, really gnarly, dude. Crocop, uh, man. Miracle Crocop yes. is the man. I used to love watching him just head kick fools in the face. Just. Ooh. That's what got me into. Gnarly, that's man. what got me into MMA. So I was a pro wrestling fan most of my life. And. My cousin showed me it was a it was a DirecTV Pride pay per view and it was a compilation, and on that compilation, I see Crow Cop head kicking people and I'm like, wait, this guy in MMA has a finishing move like he he does a finishing move and just destroys people with it. And on that same uh, thing was like Randleman dumping Fedor on his head and Rampage yeah. power bombing and body slamming everybody. And I was like, oh, so this stuff actually works. I'm going to get into this. I mean, that, yeah, pride. I mean, it's hard to. Pride, dude. And Takanori Gomi, too, man. I used to like watching him a lot, too. Yeah. I was I was a Genki Sudo fan back in the day, too. Like, him <laughs> him running across and drop kicking people like like Butterbean. I was like, that's the guy that knocked out Bart Gunn, and he just got drop kicked by a 145-pound guy. <laughs> I was all on board. I love it, man. I don't really watch a lot of it now, uh, just because, like, either we'll be, like, on shows or I just. You know, I don't order it. So uh, I think Cody Garbrandt's pretty good. I like watching him. He's not bad. I'll uh, tell yeah, you, no, nothing will make you a casual MMA fan quicker than covering MMA and sitting through like those seven-hour events. Like, 
Everybody talks about WrestleMania being seven hours and it being too long. That's every Saturday for the UFC. Every Saturday, yeah. it's seven hours. Yeah, I think like I stopped watching because it it's so saturated now. There's something like mm-hmm. all the time, so it kind of took the took the pizzazz out of it, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. Uh, I encourage everybody check that out. Uh, Josh, as we wrap up, tell the people where they can follow you on social media. Oh, hey, yeah. If you guys you know want to say what's up, uh, Twitter and Instagram is Woods is the Good. So, That's fantastic. Uh, hey, say what's up. Drop a line. <laughs> I'm all I'm all ears. Do not add him on PlayStation Network. His Wi-Fi is too bad right now. Right now, yeah, don't do that. But guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, check out Ring of Honor. They're on Honor Club and check your local listings. Until next time, guys, we're out. Bye. Awesome.